Hello everyone, welcome to Mouth Off. This is the official podcast of heyyouguys.co.uk. This is a special edition of the podcast. Uh, it's coming to you a day after the Oscars ceremony in Hollywood. It's been a bit of a busy 24 hours. Uh, all four of us on the podcast stayed up and it was uh, a bit of an evening, I have to say. Um, my name is John Lyerson. Joining me uh, and the person I'm going to go to first is our chief editor of the site, Dave Stipplejack. Now, Dave, you were very excited about the Oscars. Uh, tell us where you were and what you thought of them as a whole. I was. I got invited to a very prestigious event by a company called Grey Goose Vodka. Uh, and I went to the Soho Hotel. No, the Soho House. And it was a very swanky affair with lots of people in um, tuxedos and stuff all looking nice. Uh, and then me, not in a tuxedo. Um, there were a few oddballs there as well. I really enjoyed it. They had they had the red carpet bit um, before off Sky One and uh, everyone was laughing at the dresses and the, the stupid presenter that wasn't very good. Uh, and then on to the Oscars itself, um, which was a, a, a very fun affair, I thought. Um, not too much happened that we didn't think would, but we'll discuss that in a bit. We sure uh, will. So did, did you have a particular highlight um, from the from the whole ceremony? My, I had two, actually. My, the funniest thing, I thought, was um, Ben Stiller coming on dressed as a Na'vi um, and then trying to, tell, trying to talk to uh, James Cameron in, in the language that they'd invented. Um, which I thought was hilarious. And but if you type in Ben Stiller, Navi at the Oscars on Google, you, you can see a photo of him. Uh, and the other one was the John Hughes tribute that I thought was very fitting and um, quite moving as well. And just That's having a, you know the cast of all of his films there was brilliant. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. All right, going to move on to uh, to our next guest. Um, it's Tom Perkins from Film Extra. Some of you who follow the site will know that um, Tom has teamed up with uh, with Hey You Guys, and there'll be uh, a weekly show uh, on the site every Thursday. I think I'm right saying tom is that right yes that's right excellent tom you were doing something a bit special uh, for the site and uh, for the oscars last night so just tell us where you were and what you were doing i was in the comfort of my own home um guess i got a little bit dressed up um, but that was the reason that i was live streaming on uh, blog tv uh, watching the oscars and we watched the the, the red carpet beforehand but uh, i was doing a, a five-hour stint on blog tv talking everything about the oscars who was going to win best nominations and all that kind of thing so it was uh, it was a long affair but uh, enjoyable i have to say overall Okay, and, uh, and out of the whole thing, what was the, what was your highlight? What did you come away thinking about this morning? I mean, in, when I woke up this morning, I think I, I couldn't really think after afterwards what I liked the most. Um, but one thing that kind of surprised me the most was the fact of the the original score when they played each nomination through dance. And I thought initially from watching this, I thought this is weird. Um, but then, as each of them were going through, I'm thinking actually I quite like this and. Out of the whole night, I think that's probably the the thing that stuck in my mind, um, I, as well as as the John Hughes thing and, and uh, the intimidating glare that uh, Ben Stiller did. I mean, that was uh, un, uh, unremarkable. But um, but yeah, so I, I did enjoy that dance bit with the, um, which I never thought I would ever say about uh, an Oscars. I thought that was good, the dancey bit. But the problem was that... We, so I was on Twitter as well for How You Guys, and I know Tom and Brendan and John were all on there as well. And the problems that I think anyone in the UK had was that came on at 4 o'clock in the morning. And all I was thinking was, if this wasn't happening, I'd be home in bed five minutes or ten minutes earlier than I was watching it. You could be right. OK, well, let's, let's, get, um, let's get our last guest's take on it. Brendan, tell us all about your Oscars night and tell us what was your highlight from the, uh, from the ceremony. Most of it's top secret, I'm afraid, John. Is that right? Actually, 
Because <laughs> you were in a I've hotel. I've got to say, I was nicely reclined. Um, <laughs> I was watching your beautiful high definition. I enjoyed it thoroughly. There was chocolate cake. And uh, for me, the high point was actually um, when James Taylor came out and uh, um, they recognised some of the people we've lost. And, uh, you know, I shed a tear or two. And there were a few people missing. Dan O'Bannon, sadly, sadly, was missing. Dan O'Bannon, the creator not only of, of Alien, but also Dark Star, John Carpenter's first film, the director of some, some fine pictures in his own right, was, was not there. Um, and I think that's something of an omission. But, um, you know, I love that song. Um, I, I like James Taylor. And I'm a big crybaby. So that was the high point. <laughs> or, was... or, you know, high point. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was yeah. the most affecting bit. Sure, absolutely. I mean, I have to say that when I was when I was watching it, um, and for those not not in the UK and sort of not aware of it, it began at one o'clock, one thirty, one thirty out. Yeah, in the, in the morning, and we had to put up with, I think it was about two hours of red carpet nonsense uh, for the you know the two hours before it, and then when I thought it was going to start at one o'clock, and we had half an hour it, during which the sky coverage cut to uh, a really bizarre collection of people. <laughs> talking about it and twitter actually i have to say the, the the highlight for me about the whole thing um was seeing uh twitter you know everyone on twitter get ready for it that includes like people who are actually going to be attending the ceremony people like us who were blogging it and people who you know, just couldn't care about it but it was this kind of um event where everyone was kind of getting ready and sort of going through it together as soon as these people from sky came on it was just what the hell is this who are these people um so that was quite fun everyone uh, everyone you know sort of taking the mickey out of them Kept um, spirits up, didn't it? It really did keep spirits up, yeah. And I, I have to say, Tom, you were you're probably the only person who enjoyed, you know, the dance interpretation um, of the uh, of the scores. Particularly, as I mean, didn't they used to actually have people perform the songs, or didn't they used to have um, a different section for each of the songs? Does anyone remember that from previous? Offers? They used to do the songs one at a time, um, and then last year they tried doing a medley and cutting them down, and then this year they just dealt with it like you know, a video montage. It's quite rude, really. Um, but, uh, I mean, otherwise we would have had, you know, three musical numbers in which people dressed up as princesses and frogs. Wouldn't Don't we? forget just... Doogie Howser at the beginning doing a jig. Yeah, can I just say something about that? When I, when I, start, when, when I started watching it and, and Neil Patrick Harris came out, I was thinking, well, that's, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. I didn't know he was going to be on it. It was the usual self-parody, you know, of Hollywood, um, you know, song. And I was thinking, oh, you know, Hugh Jackman last year did a bit of a song and dance, and that was all great. Um, and then when Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin came out, uh, that was kind of forgotten, as if that was some sort of bizarre Yeah, they didn't even pay reference to it, did they? Exactly. It was as if someone just, you know, stormed the stage, you know, chance to grab the mic and take their, you know, five Maybe seconds. he did. Yeah, that was him and all his friends came along <laughs> and just did that whole number. Wandered uh, on, and no one said anything, really. Okay, but I mean... Um, Coming to the actual ceremony itself, Alec Baldwin and Steve Mine, what did you guys think of uh, of how they handled it? Tom, what did you think of it? I found it a little bit forced. Um, I, I did expect a bit more from them um, to say like who they are and what they've done in the past. I, I just found a lot of the jokes, some, some of them were a bit inappropriate, but uh, the American audience didn't seem to be bothered by it. So It was funnier than the BAFTAs, but that wasn't hard. That's true. <laughs> I think you're right. Brennan, what did you think about the uh, the double act? Well, you know, they've done worse. In the last 12 months, they've been in something worse together. <laughs> um, I've got to say, probably the comedy high point for me was 
was uh, Steve Martin's joke about um, Gabourey Sidibe. He said, you know, I played the poor black child in my first picture as well. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people don't remember the jerk, and they should, and it was good, and um, that was funny. Um, you know, I preferred Hugh last year. It's a thankless task, though, presenting the Oscars, isn't it, really? I think they did quite a good job, though, although it was kind of, it did turn into a bit of a um, bizarre one note. We don't really like each other, but, you know, here, let's have a few self-deprecating jokes now and again. But some of the jokes, you know, seem to go down quite well. I'm not sure what was up with George Clooney. I think he was... No, that, was, that was a joke, actually. Was that comical effect, or was yeah, it... You know, yeah, that was all a... That was yeah, all a yeah, 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 no, of course. But, it, you know, it seemed uh, for, a, for a moment that I was thinking, OK, well, this is really awkward. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um okay i mean for, for me and certainly you know reading the, the the stuff on on the web today there's a few incidents um contained within the oscars that we should just maybe just get through before we go down to the actual um you know awards themselves uh one of them um was the dance number and i think we've commented on that but what about the john hughes uh tribute that that was paid sort of early on in in the, in the ceremony um what did you guys think of that do you think it was a fitting thing do you think that john hughes deserved um that much time what do you think Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And it, it was, I thought it was a wonderful homage to him. Um, and to see all those people that have been involved in, in the past uh, basically pay their respects, it was, it, was, it was wonderful to see that, yeah. Do you think that his body of work, considering that, you know, it was, it, it was really um, iconic at the time, and then he sort of took about, a, you know, a decade out and didn't make, you know, the sort of same impact over time, do you think that, the fact that the people who would have seen that in in the eighties they would have been kind of you know our age or, or or slightly older it defined their childhood so it was kind of made out of nostalgia as as well. Well, yeah, well, yeah that's what it was powered by. I mean, you find somebody uh, between you know forty five and seventy who gave a hoot about that bit last night. You find it very hard. You're probably right, actually. If you look on my DVD shelf, I mean, it, a lot of it will be John Hughes stuff because it's what I grew up with. Well, one thing for me, I mean, on the actual uh, blog TV show, they were saying, a lot of people were saying to me that um, they never knew that this one man was behind so many great films. And that was nice to see, that people that not necessarily have ever heard of this guy before, but know the films, and, and then say, wow, that's quite good to see that all in one little homage to to, to him. So it was nice. I have to say that when, when um, I keep calling him, Ferris Bueller, Matthew Broderick. I always call him Ferris. Bueller. I, I <laughs> call him Ferris. That's you know. Good-looking man, though, isn't he? He was the only one of them to still look human. I, I was thinking, like, who on earth is is that person standing next to him? And then, of course, I realised it's it was Molly Ringwald, <laughs> and it, it, it does look like like Molly Ringwald kind of looks, but it was still a bit of a shock and. Um, I have to say that it was good that they got those two out. I think it was it was nicely pitched, without being too mawkish. I think it was you know it was sort of nice to sort of get opinions from these people whose whose careers were were transformed by this guy um and then of course as as more people came out you had macaulay culkin doing his i am really older than i look even though i still look about 10 um bit and then judd nelson who people said who the hell was that guy and then of course they realized who <laughs> yeah, it was and, i couldn't believe it either um but i mean you know that's kind of just just by the by that's kind of expected but um Brendan, I know that you, I think you, you you tweeted, didn't you, about about the the John Hughes thing? What do you, what do you think about about the whole affair? Well, I think the tweet you may be referring to. I said about three quarters of his films are empty, hollow, trite, condescending nonsense. Thank heavens he made the other quarter, really. Um, but would I, you have I, said that when you were growing up? You say that now as a film. I, I've never, ever, ever liked 
The Breakfast Club in all my years. <laughs> it started with that quote from David Bowie, and I thought, okay, we're off to something. And I'm like, oh no, this is what an old person thinks teenagers is like. <laughs> uh, it's a bit like when you see a rock band on the bill or something. It's just not quite right. Um, I've always enjoyed Mr. Bueller and his day off. Good, good. I'm very fond of 16 Candles. Um, I've never liked Home Alone. I think I think it's 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 just base and simplistic, and it, but that's that's it's why it's so brilliant. The yeah. simplicity is just genius. It's not no, it's not simplicity. It's, you just uh, said, you just said that. <laughs> it's not simplicity. It's simpleness. What's you know, the difference between those two words? Well, you know, you can be elegant or you can be sort of empty. Do you know what I mean? And there's, there's like, you know, if I send you an empty box in the mail, you won't say what an elegant gift, but if I send you a wonderful minimalist vase... You know what? I think a lot of his films are just pretty dumb. I think Planes and Trains and Not With Booze is pretty dumb. That's why but... it's great. Okay. Come on, <laughs> someone help me, Tom. I mean, Tom, Dave, do, you me. Like, do you like Dumber and Dumber or whatever? No, I don't like that because it's stupid. Dumb. But Planes and Trains okay, and Not With I mean, I, I think that, I mean, I, trying, to, trying to work out um, a sort of a safe middle ground is, um, I think <laughs> that you can, um, I think John Hughes, in, in particular, some of his films really, really hit the mark in terms of what they wanted to say and in terms of the way that they were delivered. I think Ferris Bueller was, was probably the, you know, the typical example of, uh, of what he was trying to do. I think it hit all the right notes. I think he got all the right characters. And I actually watched it again a couple of weeks ago. It was on Film 4 and um, I was really surprised because I hadn't seen it for a couple of, you know, maybe about sort of five, ten years. And, you know, all of the beats were there, all of the um, the quotes were there and it still kind of made me feel like it did when I was a kid. But there's actually a bit more to it. And I think um, potentially if, if you're doing something uh, like The Breakfast Club or if you're doing something like um, Some Kind of Wonderful, if you didn't see them when you were a kid, when you were just the right age, and I think it can have a bit of an impact because you might sort of see them and see them now as a 30-year-old or as a 25-year-old and think, well, what's, what's all the fuss about? So personally, I, I, I enjoyed it and I think it was a, it was a good tribute. Um, I'm as long sure. as they do something twice as twice as elaborate for when Cameron Crowe passes, I'll be all right with it. Okay, so uh, were there any other parts of of this of the ceremony itself um, that you feel you want to talk about, or should we move on to some of the awards? The horror um, montage. Yeah. yeah, we can't forget the horror montage. Horror. Well, horror should be an in inverted comma, shouldn't it? <laughs> well, especially when you put Twilight, a clip of Twilight, into it. No, that. that's that's all right. That's all right. Horror, <laughs> the horror genre, as you can define it. Admit Twilight, but Edward Scissorhands. That's that? the one that I didn't, make even, sense. I, I didn't even see that because, um, and just to kind of give people a bit of context if you, if you haven't seen it, there was, um, I think, wasn't wasn't it the people from Twilight came out and, and did their bit about Christmas? Yeah, yeah, and they look so uncomfortable. She had a bit of a bit of a frog in her throat, like me, actually. Maybe I caught it. I wasn't she's a very nervous person, though. Every interview you ever see her in, she just looks like she's going to kill herself at the end of them. Oh, gosh, okay. Um, well, they, they were both on, came on stage, and I'm not too sure what they were doing there. And then it, it sort of transpired that the, the Oscars, um, for reasons unknown to me, were doing a tribute to horror as a, as a genre. And... Um, did anyone know why they were doing it? Was it just something that they wanted to do, or was it just an excuse to get the people from Twilight out to get the teens watching? Yeah. Well, how would the teens know? Do you know what I mean? Quickly, the people from Twilight are on. Race home from the skate park and no. watch. I mean, it's not going <laughs> to... Got a special I... radar. It just goes off when... <laughs> <laughs> the, twi- yeah, the Twilight the radar. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, go on. I, I, think it, I think somebody somewhere just thought, let's do something you know special. What can it be? 20 different pitches. Let's do that one. 
I don't know. I was all right with it in, in principle. It's just in practice. All it was was a bunch of clips. And, uh, you know, there was a clip from Evil Dead 2 in there. There was a clip from Alien in there. I mean, we, you know, some solid results. Yeah, there was some worthy stuff to be in there, but then there was a lot of rubbish. <laughs> I have to say that when I saw it, I was, um, obviously, I was blogging at the same time. You've got Twitter open, so you're not, your, your attention's not totally on there. But I did see, you know, lots and lots of different clips come people commenting on the fact of that's not horror, that's not horror, blah, blah, blah. But when they showed the, the bit in, from The Shining where... The, where Kubrick was following the kid through the you know through the corridors of the of the hotel on his bike, and all of a sudden he turns into the corridor and sees those two, you know the two girls. That still absolutely freaks me out. There's something you know enormously wrong about that. And uh, you know, it, to me that actually showed the power of you know even maybe twenty seconds worth of film that it can still have that effect on you even when you know totally removed from its context. But um, uh, Dave, what did you think of the whole horror montage? Yeah, I was tweeting away as fast as I could, so I was like, like you, wasn't transfixed on it. But I, a lot of the films in there, I was thinking, that's not horror. That's not horror. That that isn't horror. But um, yeah, no, it was it was all right to focus on it. Exactly what Brendan said, but I'm not sure the delivery was as good as it could have been. I'd love to see this list of films that aren't horror because I think the only one I spotted was Scissorhands. Okay, Tom, go for it. This uh, list and it just got the clip of what actually was shown, but I can't really find a list at the moment. Okay, well I'll tell you what, while you look for We'll that, put it on the website when when this podcast goes out. We'll stick the horror montage on there as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoa! Okay. There's something important about the horror montage, though. They prefaced it by saying, um, you know, there hadn't been a horror film win big at the Oscars since uh, The Exorcist. Um, hang on a minute. Did Science? the Silence of the Lambs? Yeah, Silence of the Lambs. Five, if you're trying to pretend Silence of the Lambs isn't a horror film, that's just a nasty kind of prejudice against horror films. Can I just say something? Wasn't wasn't Silence of the Lambs included in the montage? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think it was in there. Yes, it was. That's so strange. Well, that's totally contradictory then. Okay, fair enough. Did Jaws win Best Film that year? 74? Dear, dear God, I do. Because I, cause I wouldn't say it was a horror film, but it was in the horror montage. I think it was the very first clip. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah it was the first clip. <laughs> Go for it's, it, not the, uh, it's not the horror element of that description I'd argue with, it's the film. <laughs> I know you'd say that. It won. It was nominated for Best Picture, but it didn't win. Uh, it won Best Sound, Best Music, and Best Film Editing. Okay, well, there we go. Fantastic. Okay, well, that was the horror. Do you want a little time. bit of Shining trivia to tie in with this? Do you know in the year that The Shining came out, it was the year of the uh, first ever Razzies, and Stanley Kubrick was nominated as Worst Director for The Shining. Yeah, what's happened to The Razzies? It seems to be that... The, the, I mean, was James Cameron nominated for a Razzie this year? Hang on, I'll tell you, I've got the list here. The only reason I'm saying it's because I, I did hear that bit of snippet, that information, but I think, Brendan, that may have been from you initially, but um, I c- can't believe that, that they would have put Kubrick on there. Sandra well, Bullock, you have, you have to watch Sandra Bullock's acceptance speech at the Razzies, which is on the website. Just type Razzies in the search because it's brilliant. After when you, James Cameron's not nominated for anything. Oh, the fine, that's okay. Um, Let's use that Sandra Bullock segue to kind of move nicely into the in, into the um, awards themselves. Um, we can probably talk about a few of the um, a few of the obvious ones quite 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 quickly. For example, uh, the supporting actor and the supporting actress um, awards. Christoph Waltz walked away with it for English Bastards. I'm not sure if anyone was pleased about that. Um, I'm just, I'm shocked. I'm, I, I was shocked. I'm sure the rest of you were. Uh, Brendan, do you want to say something? Man, I'll tell you, that's not just the best supporting actor performance last year. It's the best performance by a man last year. That's the best performance by a man I've seen in years. 
I have to say I agree with you. Tom, what did you think about Christoph Waltz walking away with it? Well, it was a given. Uh, everyone was really expecting it. I was uh, I was actually looking at the other nominations and seeing how they could even creep close to beating him. Uh, and just really, yes, like Matt Damon's performance in Vic Victus was one of his better ones, but nowhere near it. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, and the only thing about The Lovely Bones was Stanley Tucci. So, I mean, it's... It, they, they, were, they did well in the films that they were in, but from beginning to end, Christoph Waltz was just immaculate. It was, every time I see that film, it's just so good because of him, really. I completely agree. Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I think I said it in the podcast the other day, but literally as soon as that film begins, um, you know, that scene where he's in the house, um, where he's he's looking for the... the, the uh, the Jews that are hiding somewhere and he, he knows they're in the house somewhere and it's just the, his delivery, the way he just has this way of making, making it funny when it's not at all. Well, the supporting actress, conversely, went to Monique. And how do you feel about it? Did you nearly um, beat the screen to death when you found that out? It's not her fault it's such a terrible film, is it? It's not her responsibility. I, I watched it a week ago and I feel exactly the same way. What, you hated it? Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. All right-minded people do, Dave. All right-minded people do. <laughs> I just don't understand how it can have been nominated for so much if it's that Come bad. Come on. Don't be so naive. Yeah, I'm probably I, don't, I don't like how it's been sold as, as an uplifting film. Yes, there's an, uh, uh, it ends with a, a moment of of it where it's uplifting, but the rest of the film is just dire. Didn't Slumdog Millionaire do exactly the same thing? Where they, you know, they build it yeah, as a feel-good film with a decade. That was it. Feel-good, feel-good film with a decade. In quote. I mean, <laughs> the issue with the issue with both of those films isn't whether they're upbeat or downbeat. It's the fact that they're overwrought, ham-fisted, sort of you know, clown-faced charades. Really. In what Absolutely way? no subtlety whatsoever. No subtlety whatsoever in either of them. And, and, and they're, they're rewarded in terms of directors getting nominations for quantity of direction rather than quality of direction. Every shot has been mediated or filtered in as many ways as the director was able to think of on the spot, basically. Oh, let's, uh, let's tilt the camera a little bit this way. Let's swing it this way. To no, to no effect. Yeah. Uh, okay. I need to see this film, don't I? Just so at least I've got an opinion. About yeah, at least you've got an opinion there. I mean, a lot of people have been saying to me that, oh, is it? Because I was talking about it on my show and they were saying, oh, um, so should I not see it? I said, well, no, go and see it and see where I'm coming from. <laughs> and if you like it, then just don't come back. <laughs> no, I was joking with that. Um, <laughs> it was, I just... I don't think there's any film I tell people to not watch. Yeah. I mean, you no. know, uh, uh, people have got all sorts of reasons they might like a film, that are irrespective of the quality of the film or the film's clarity or whatever. I, and, I want besides, someone else to watch yeah. Legion so that I can have someone that will back me up and say how bad it was. It's, it's bad. It's a mini-masterpiece, isn't it? <laughs> I've, I've seen it. Um, oh, you have? Did you hate it? Yeah. Yay! Did I tell you it was going to be rubbish before you went? No, I saw it before your... Uh, oh, did you? Did you talk about it on the po- podcast? Uh, yeah, last week. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I saw it before that, and, I, I, and when I saw the title of it, I thought, oh, God, he's going to he's gonna hate it. And you worked, because there's just nothing... And I totally agree with the fact that if they had demons and angels, that, would, that made 
far I don't get it. it. I don't get it. I don't know what difference that makes. The film's either good or bad. It's either a well-made film or it isn't. No, it's it's a story, whether they're angels or demons or giraffes or whatever. If we've gone off topic, we're talking Oscars. Let's, that's ne- let's talk about this next year. If it gets nominated for anything, it'll be a <laughs> Yeah, <possible>. right. <laughs> we'll get finished up for an award next year. <laughs> <laughs> and the Best picture goes to Legion. Um, what were the surprises for you guys? Were there any? That they said, and the winner is, rather than... Oh, and yeah, sorry, yeah, goes the Oscar goes to, yeah. Which one, sorry, Tom? Best foreign film. Yeah, I agree with that, because we all thought it was going to go to A Prophet or White Ribbon. Yeah. Well, simply because we know people go for predictable things, but those must have split the vote somehow. And I think this film seems a little surprising, because not many people have seen it. The distribution's not been as good as, with, you know, the, the more backed films. Mm. I've not seen any of the best foreign language films yet, actually. Shameful. Yeah, which is shameful. They're all on my love film list. Go on, then. Name, name the winner. Let's see if you can even name it. Uh, <clears throat> El Secreto de Su Oyo. Well done. How was that? What does that mean, then, Tom? The Secret of Their Eyes. What country is it from? Argentina. Well done. Hey, between the three of us, we got it late. <laughs> um, were there any other shocks or surprises? Obviously, Hurt Locker won six. Did you Did you think it? Oh, the one that I thought was a bit ropey was best original screenplay. I think it was the Hurt Locker one, didn't it? Yeah, I didn't agree with that. I thought Bastard I thought, should have won it. Yeah, I was I was thinking that, or even even a serious man, or Up Up could would I think would deserve it more? No, I am no no. no. I mean. Well, I don't know about more, but I mean, it wasn't. It wouldn't have been a worthy winner. I mean, I think I think it was, it, it, deservedly, it would have gone to Bastards. But, um, you know, these aren't about recognising quality, are they? They never have been and they never will be. Unfortunately. Um, one, one thing that I thought didn't deserve it was Best Adapted Screenplay and for Precious. I thought, I thought at least District 9 should have walked away with that. Hmm. What were the other ones? In the Loop and Education or Up in the Air were the other nominees for that? Interesting, isn't it, that In the Loop had actually screened on television, on network television for the first time before it even lost its Oscar. Look at that. What's the world coming to? Films would be on telly before we can If Alice in Wonderland had done it. Um, and then, obviously, we had, moving to the biggies, we got Best Director, obviously went to Catherine Bigelow for The Hurt Locker and Best Picture Award went to The Hurt Locker. You notice what happened when Catherine came up, what music they played? They played I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar. How condescending is that? (laughs) Look, everyone, she's a woman. A woman's won an award, everyone. A woman. She's got a womb and everything. (laughs) But James Cameron reacted quite well. He was hugging all of them. Because they were sat right in front of him, which I thought was a brilliant camera. Did you like that one? Yeah. What the presenters would talk about before the film, like, before the night was out. And the yeah. top one was um, between uh, Steve Martin mentioning that they used to be married. That was the top one to like. Of course, to it, of course, you know. I mean, of course, it happened. In fact, we've actually now mentioned that on every single podcast over the last month. <laughs> <laughs> and not making a cent for it. Yeah, then uh, not making a penny. Do we do best actor and best actress? Kind of predictable, really, weren't they? There is one thing that I want to mention about that, though. The 
bizarre tradition they've now got of having having friends or or, or, or you know acting partners mm. of the of the five nominated best actor and best actress standing on stage at the Oscars and kind of giving a, a very well written and obviously very personal kind of almost like a eulogy to these people. Um, what did you guys think of that? I, I thought, it. yeah, I thought it was nice that someone that actually cares about you was saying nice things about you. It was a, it was a good witness. Okay, well, I agree, you... I agree. It's someone who actually does care about you, yeah. right? With a possible exception of Colin Farrell and Jeffrey <laughs> but, um, I, You know, it's nice. It, it was human. Um, I like a little time taken out. I wish they did something a bit more like that with a lot of them. I think, though, um, you know, it's a bit awkward the longer you linger on people who kind of we all know aren't going to win. It feels a little bit tricky sometimes. Like any of the any of the nominees who weren't Jeff Bridges just weren't going to win. Yeah, and it was a little bit sort of like rubbing their noses in it, wasn't it? That's true, especially because he he was the one that went first. I'm not I can't even remember who did the the sort of you know speech to to Jeff Bridges, wasn't it? Michelle Pfeiffer. It was Michelle Pfeiffer talking about Jeff Bridges, and of course we all knew it was it was going to be you know his night. So yeah, I agree with you, Tom. What did you think about that? What did, what did your the people who you were chatting with? Think about uh, have, they done, have they actually done that before? Because I can't remember seeing it before. Last year. Was it done last year? quite recent, yeah. It's only so, these last two years. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. It was, uh, like you say, a, a kind of like them reading out a eulogy to them. And, um, and, and it was it was a person on a nice personal level, uh, but it was relatable in a way. Uh, you could see that, yes, they have the reason why these have all have been nominated. It was kind of like a a good excuse for them to all be nominated, but even though we knew like Jeff Bridges was probably going to win and everything. So, um, I, but I just found it a bit pointless. Why once they'd done that, they then proceeded to bring someone on to read out the nominations again. Yeah, that was odd. Why? why well, not? no, because then one of them isn't put in a position of giving a prize to the, they're not mate. And having well, no, no, like, still bring someone on to read out the, the winner. But don't like go through the nominations again. They didn't actually say what their film was, though, did they? They would say, "I've worked together with you on whatever it was," and if it didn't happen to be the film they were nominated from, then you wouldn't necessarily know which film yeah. it was they were talking yeah. about. I suppose you, suppose you could be right. But I mean, one of the things that we've been talking about is Jeff Bridges, and of course, it was his night last night. Uh, I haven't seen Crazy Heart, so I can't tell if it was a particularly good performance. But he really won it for the Big Lebowski, though. I was going to say this that, is that... a lifetime award, isn't it? Really. But specifically, I think Lebowski, and I'll tell you why, it crystallised a notion of him as a treasure in our minds. It crystallised a notion of, of, of Bridges as someone that we love. Do you know what I mean? Was he even and nominated? It changed his persona a little bit. Was, even, even his speech was, was, he was kind of just giving a speech for, um, for uh, what do you call it, Big Lebowski. So. <laughs> it was quite dude esque. I don't think he can escape it now. And I think, I don't know if he was nominated for, for the dude. Um, I'm on yeah. it. I'm on it. Okay, um, but I think that this was I, again like a, a Martin Scorsese departed Oscar. It was kind of like this is for your role in this film that you did very well in, but also this is for everything else that you've ever done. And the fact is that you're still alive. So we, you know, we've um, we've uh, you know we're going to give you the Oscar for that. So um, so I, I I think it was a good thing. But um, I know the, giving them an Oscar for being still alive. Could they not give Scorsese an Oscar for being dead? That would have been so much better. <laughs> but I dearly departed Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I think you stand alone there. Um, but th- today is not the uh, not, it's not the Scorsese podcast. Um, so that was best actor. What about best actress then? Because I have seen most of the films on there, but I didn't. I couldn't predict the winner of this one. What, what, what did you think, Tom? What did what did you and your and your viewers think? 
who was going to win the best actress. The only one I've not seen is um, The Last Station. Um, but from from what I've heard and read and and what I've heard, she got the Helen Mirren. So to be nominated was, was fine with me. And um, we, we all knew that it would have been nice for Carrie Mulligan to win. But unfortunately, because... I mean, I actually think that there was a lot to do with, with the BAFTAs this year. I'm still actually looking today to see what relation the winners were with the Oscars and the BAFTAs, because I think there was a bit more influence this year around being, being before the Oscars rather than afterwards, because it was I, afterwards. I don't buy that. I don't think it can influence yet. I just think there's an increasing crossover, actually. I do you think, think the polls are, are drawing closer? I was going to say, do you think the fact that Colin Firth and Kerry Mulligan won had anything to do with the decision of the Academy, the, the American thing, or do you think it was always going to be Jeff Bridges, it was always going to be Sandra Bullock winning for the blind side? It's a vote. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's yeah. a vote. I don't think these people get in and go, what's our strategy, guys? I think a lot of people wanted to recognise Bullock because you know a lot of producers wanted to recognise her because she was a, a formidable financial force in cinema this year. But that's I think it. a lot of actors wanted to recognise her because it's not likely you were going to get nominated again, bless her. <laughs> I but I think it should have been Meryl. I really think it should have been Meryl and I think her performance in Julie and Julie is woefully underrated. Indeed, I think that film is woefully underrated and I'm, a, I'm it's one of the ones I feel a little more strongly about and I'm happy for, for Sandy to have a little man. But I do think that, that Meryl actually probably did give the best performance when uh, Sandra Bullock's name was, was read out at your swanky party, did people think it was a deserved award? Yeah, it's quite funny because everything was so predictable that we... Oh, that, that one wasn't so much, but, you know, it was going to go one or the other way and um, everyone just sort of nodded it and turned back to their beers, I think. I, <laughs> I, I went back to Twitter. <laughs> yeah, well, it's quite quite late in the day, wasn't it, really? So yeah, and, and that was the other thing. It was about half past four in the morning, so it was... Uh, she uh, doesn't mean as much to us as she does to the uh, to the American people, does she? No, that's true. But... Canadian. I thought she was Canadian. No, but that's besides the point. She doesn't mean as much to us as she does to the American people. Yeah. Well, I think it was. I mean, there, there weren't many, many surprises, um, particularly in the in the in the acting uh, stakes. But um, uh, I, you may have already talked about this. But were there any other awards that you felt, um, apart from Coraline missing out uh, on Best Animated Feature, were there any other mm. awards? I know I was very disappointed by that. But I, I would treat Coraline as well, and a lot of people following me on on uh, the show were follow up for up for Coraline. Um, a few people were wanting Princess and the Frog, but. I just couldn't see that a Disney film beating a P- Disney Pixar film, if you know what I mean. Uh, the Pixar was always going to beat that. Uh, but it was just whether if, if Caroline could uh, just step over it, but not to happen, really. No, it was never going to happen, I don't think. But I've got one last question. You know when they did Best Director and they did the Hurt Locker and she did her speech, and then Tom Hanks came out and he was on stage for about 0.045 seconds. Yes. Was that because of time on the TV? I think so. <laughs> I think it was rushed. I think they've spent so long doing each of those films one by one yeah. earlier in the evening that it was probably just sort of considered to be a suspense mechanism, wasn't it? Now we're off. Well, I thought it was a shame that the best picture was rushed. You know, that's what that's the climax of the show. It's what everyone's we've stayed up till five o'clock in the morning to see it, and you know they run on and lit and say the award winner is, and then uh, you know sorry yeah, the Hank, Hank goes to and that's it. Should have opened the envelope and said, and the winner is 
I'll tell you after this break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a message from our sponsors, that would be good. Who wants to be a millionaire? Brilliant. <laughs> um, still backstage and uh, and when it was announced, and she was like, what the hell, what's going on? Obviously, that you've won. And she was like, oh, okay. And it's it was a bit, it just seemed too rushed. And for, to say that I'd been up for, for four and a bit hours talking about it, <laughs> For that, I thought it was a bit disappointing. All of a sudden, yeah. there it is. Yeah, well, it was, certainly it was the Hurt Locker's night. I didn't think it was one of the better you know, Oscar ceremonies, but I think um, certainly um, you know the Hurt Locker did extremely well out of it. Um, okay, well, what, I suppose... I mean, what about any of these controversial moments? Three moments of controversy, I, I think, which is when the um, Music by Prudence producer came up and sort of forcibly sort of Kanye Wested away into the director's speech. That was funny, wasn't it? She, Yeah, I thought uh, the same she, thing. That's quite controversial, because people are like, who is she? Who's this woman? Um, but if they were actually paying attention, they would have, you know, they would have twigged. Um, so that's quite controversial. Some people really didn't like that Moro Fiora one for cinematography for Avatar, which just shows a complete misunderstanding of what cinematography is. Yeah. Um, not giving him the award, but complaining about it, actually. Um, and um, the other moment of controversy uh, was when Sandy Powell came up and sounded really ungrateful and sort of said, <laughs> I've already got Tony's. <laughs> Who are you lost? I'm going to have to buy a bigger <laughs> house to put all my Oscars in, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm Sandy Powell. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so there, there were those moments of controversy. And, you know, to be honest with you, I think they, they did put on a good show. Um, but I think uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, wh- wh- where we are this time next year any any predictions based on any films that you've seen or you you know you know are coming out are oh, I don't think Sandy Powell's going to win another one Legion's going to win worst in the <laughs> Razzie best picture or worst picture okay that sounds about good well that sounds good like, do you think it's going to be a Scorsese thing I mean you know, Sh- Shutter Island was um... no 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 no. that got postponed out of the last Oscar season because it's rubbish no it's yeah. not rubbish but it is. Have you seen it? And, uh, oh, don't do it. Can we do this next week? Let's Can we do this, this actually, week. like, on the... Okay. Shut uh, around the next week, okay. That's a big one. <laughs> okay, I'm going to wrap things up now, guys. Um, uh, that's it for, um, for our special edition Oscar Mouth Off podcast. Um, Brandon Carney, you can find him on slashfilm.com. Tom Perkins, you can find him uh, on, on Hey You Guys, but also it's uh, if you just uh, type in Film Extra uh, into Google, you can find all of his uh, all of his videos. Subscribe to his YouTube channel. Uh, Dave and I, you can find us labouring tirelessly for the good and great at heyyouguys.co.uk. That's it, guys. Thanks so much for your time. We'll see you this time next year. Bye.